Introducing your hosts with wit beyond measure, Michael, loyal and just, Haley, ambitious and cunning, Shelby, daring and chivalrous, Savannah. Welcome to Hold My Butterbeer, a podcast about all things Wizarding World canon. Hello! We thought we'd spend our first episode introducing ourselves, how we were introduced to Harry Potter, how it's changed our lives, and how we met each other. So Michael, why don't you get us started? Alright, so my name is Michael, and I'm Michael Burson, and I'm on Instagram as Michael R. Burson. Um, I'm in Ravenclaw, and I have been in Ravenclaw since I read Sorcerer's Stone. And then how did I get into Harry Potter? So that would be my grandparents. Uh, I was in a, a play when I was younger, and I was in The Magician's Nephew, so the from the Chronicles of Narnia series, and I was Diggory. And uh, my grandparents gave me Sorcerer's Stone because they're like they're big on England and they're like Anglophiles. And um, so they knew about Harry Potter kind of like when it was happening. And so they got me Sorcerer's Stone and gave it to me as a gift for me, like being in that play. And I didn't like it at first. I read like the first three chapters and I hated the Dursleys so much. It just they were awful. So I put it back down. And then my grandparents asked me later if I was reading it. And I was like, no, not really. And I said, well, you need to get back into it and read it. And so I did. And then um, when Hagrid showed up, uh, that was when I was hooked. Um, and then I finished the whole rest of the book. And then I've been hooked for life. So that was when it came out in 1998. Um, so that's I've I've. Loved it every every minute since then. Yeah, Michael, I can't believe you played a character called Diggory. How odd is that? It's really I cool. Know. His name's Diggory, and that's from he's like, like the main character in the Magician's Nephew. Um, when Cedric came into the book, were you did you like get really excited because you played a character with the same name? I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I, I don't was it irrelevant at that point. <laughs> 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 I don't really think I formed that connection there. So no, it was his degree Kirk is his name in oh, okay, okay. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia. I don't really think I even formed that connection there. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Haley, how about you? Oh my gosh. Hi, my name is Haley and Michael didn't mention this, but we're married. Oh yeah. minor fact it but barely comes it up. barely yeah it barely even comes up but I'm a Hufflepuff I really value like hard work I think that's probably one of the best values of being a Hufflepuff and I really value um, loyalty and being fair so I've always since I see I got into Harry Potter when I was uh, around 13 14 and that was right after the Chamber of Secrets movie came out the film I went and saw Chamber of Secrets first I didn't immediately like have like Harry Potter emotions watching it. I was always like a weird kid. And so when I was watching the movie, the thing that stuck out to me was when Fox burst into flames because as a weird kid, I thought that was so funny. And then I went back and saw that movie in theaters, I think like seven times. And then I finally watched the first one. (laughs) Um, and then I watched the first movie and then I read the first four books and I was in love with Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was the first book I had read from cover to cover since like I was being read to. So um, that was like a huge deal for me. And so ever since then, I've enjoyed reading. I'm still a really slow reader, but I've dedicated my life to reading. I'm a librarian now. And so literacy is super important to me. And I run a Harry Potter Alliance chapter at the library. And I like my biggest goal is to get kids and teens into reading because I'm a librarian and I work with young adults so young adult literature and working with teens has always been super important to me since 
getting into Harry Potter as a teen. Yeah, other than that, it has changed my life a lot. Obviously, like my career path has fallen into that. And like Michael never mentioned, we found a job. <laughs> Michael doesn't even <laughs> like you, Haley. <laughs> I shouldn't know him so I can like glare at him for his answers. Just kidding. Yeah, we met because we were... She was it was at UNC Charlotte. I'm two years older than Michael. Michael went to school right out of... Went to college right out of high school. And I went... Overachiever. Community- yeah, I went to the community college track. So I did seven years school plan. <laughs> and then like got my master's. I'm like, can I ever be done with school? Finally, yay. But anyway, so I was... So I transferred to UNC Charlotte when Michael was a sophomore. And so I was probably like a super junior or something. I don't know what I should have been at that point. But then I transferred into college. So then Michael had started a Harry Potter club in college and called it Potter Watch. So in the summer before going to college, I was online looking at the clubs list and looking to see if there's anything that would interest me because I was really scared to make friends as most people are I don't know but um, I was really scared to make friends so I was really hoping I could join a club and like meet people that have the same interests. so I saw that there was a Harry Potter club and about died because my life had been dedicated to Harry Potter all throughout high school basically and then I went saw that Michael was a contact person so of course you know how his girls do we go on Facebook and stalk well back in the day it was Facebook <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's still Facebook. It's the Google. I feel you. (laughs) So I went and stalked Michael on Facebook and saw like he was actually attractive. And then I was like, well, hello there. (laughs) You know, as one does, I was like, hello, I am transferring and I would love to join your Harry Potter club, blah, blah, blah. I'm really excited. And this was like right in the summer when Half-Blood Prince the movie was coming out. 2009. 2009. So I think that was the summer Half-Blood Prince movie was coming out. And then I saw he was, I saw he like was going to the same movie theaters and stuff that I did. So I was like, oh, and it's exciting. Half-Blood Prince is coming out. But I live in Asheville too, because we both lived in, in the Asheville, North Carolina area. And I swear, I got back this email from Michael that was like the most formal, like presidential letter you had ever seen. It looked like, like I thought he was a student and you see like a, like a teacher coming. I thought he was like a teacher teacher like I don't know who was. <laughs> he was your advisor like the, the group advisor <laughs> was I like trying to like for genius Haley I need you to find this I need you to find this exchange I need to see it oh my gosh we Facebook message yeah I second that if I can scroll all the way back to the very beginning I would I will share it 10 years ago <laughs> I need it I need it. <laughs> 10 years ago wow so yeah I will that'll be something I will try to find well I have a form letter I had a like yeah a who does face. that no, as a because- <laughs> a Ravenclaw, a Ravenclaw does that. There's so many Ravenclaws. I got, I got so many people contacting me about the club when I started it for the exact same reason Haley wanted to join it because <laughs> I went to to undergrad and I was like, well, I don't know anybody, so I need to. I'm going to start a Harry Potter club and then I'll find friends, which is what happened. And so I had a form letter because people contact me about the club and I'd be like, okay, well, we have house points, we have houses, we. Have it was events. not like okay, we have house points. It was like we have house points. I am a robot. Like. <laughs> like written back something like hey can't wait to meet you we're cool club no it was not (laughs) it was scary but I was like (laughs) anyway my love for Harry Potter will overcome this really serious guy or kind of intense so I went to the first meeting when we went to college and I was like kind of nervous and then like I like introduced myself to Michael and he's like oh nice to meet you and blah 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 and then we just like hung out yeah just at the meetings yeah and then we basically when we first started like dating and stuff we got to know each other because we had the trivia questions to like the Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber Secrets the board games and they have like some really intense trivia questions and then I think we realized we were like a match for each other
other because we could both <laughs> stump each other on trivia. And I think that was like the first time I like met someone who was on par in real life. <laughs> <laughs> And just, like, randomly quiz each other on Harry Potter trivia. And then after that, yeah, we just started dating, and then that's it. <laughs> and then got married. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. I, I'm, I'm never going to be over that. It's like, oh, we met through, like, an HPA chapter at school, and then we got married. I just, I don't know. I've never heard that. I don't think I'll ever hear that from anyone else. I feel like before Harry Potter was really mainstream, like I feel like it is today, we were like so embarrassed to say how we met. We'd be like, yeah, we met at college. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I remember even back when we were getting married, everyone thought we were going to like a Harry Potter themed wedding. And I was like, everybody. I was like, no, we're just getting married. We just really like each other. And now we're. Like, we have fully embraced our nerdiness. Yeah, we really, I think we came to a point. It was like a New Year's resolution or something. We were like, we're, we're tired of putting a bushel over our nerdiness. Yeah. Um, and we like came to a decision. Like, we're just going to let our freak flags fly. And I love that though. And I think that's a good way for like the internet's helping with that as well. Like social media, just like be who you are. And I really love that you guys embrace it so much. And we're so much happier for it. We are so much happier for it. Good. Just what you said about social media. I was like, I've had people kind of like down on me for my like social media lifestyle or whatever. But that gives me (laughs) Because you're famous. Yeah. I don't feel like. Insta famous witch. Yeah. It's like we met each other from that. And y'all are like two of my favorite people. Yeah, that's how we met y'all. And so oh, I know. I know. Yeah. It's hard to get on my pedestal and everything, but <laughs> on your popular pedestal. <laughs> on your popular internet pedestal. <laughs> not at all. Like it's more like when you when you act like yourself and you're like not ashamed of who you are, then I feel like life just blooms for you. Absolutely, hundred percent. I fully, fully agree with that. When you just embrace the things that you love and just good things come out of things that you love and it comes from a better place. Right. A natural place. Yeah, for sure. Shelby, our our Slytherin in the house. You want to go? I'm the token Slytherin. Our, my, fav- <laughs> my favorite Slytherin. I, well, evil. I have my husband's a Slytherin, but Shelby's my favorite. Yeah, so there we go. Spoiler alert. There's like, there's one of each house in our yeah. little foursome. Yeah, I'm Shelby. I am a Slytherin. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're we're talking about how we got into Harry Potter. I went to Scholastic Book Fairs as a kid. Oh my God, yes, Shelby. (laughs) Where Harry Potter was for me. You guys remember how they used to hand out those book order flyers, right? Yes. Okay, so I would like analyze every single catalog that ever came out. I would circle everything that I wanted. And I know that I first first got Harry Potter when I was seven. And I think you're in like second grade at that point. And even though I was a good reader, I didn't really like understand it fully. But I remember it like left an impression and my mom read some of it, you know, before bed. We would always read before bed every night. And then um, I know that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the movie came out when I was in the third grade and I think I read it when I was like nine or so and then it's I've read it a few times since it was one of those things that like it took me kind of a little while to like read it and then properly fall in love with it and I think that after watching the movie it helped seeing as I was so little but yeah I mean I've loved it ever since it's so good I love that Lois read it to you as a child oh man my my mom used to read me every night she was like she was so good about that Lois is the best. Yeah. Mom of the year. She's a Hufflepuff, Haley. <gasps> Lois a puff. Show me how's it changed your life. Oh, it hasn't. Just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Get the Not fuck nice. out of here. Um, 
No, I mean, I I wouldn't know any of you guys if Harry Potter didn't exist. I, I was thinking about that recently. Like, in what possible alternate universe would we have all met if it weren't for Harry Potter? Like, would there be another series that we would all have gotten into and started talking about and then met each other through the internet? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, mean, I don't either. It's unbelievable. It, yeah, like the the odds of that are really really slim to none. But now, I mean, uh, long long story short, when I was seventeen, I started an Etsy shop while I was still in high school. And oh, yeah, uh, overachiever. No, no I didn't, I didn't want to leave the. I didn't want to work in food service. So no, I was I like, what can I do that's not food service? Etsy. Um, and I would like sell crafts on there. And some of the things that I sold were like Harry Potter inspired and themed. And I started moving into like, um, like book quote jewelry, like hand stamp stuff. And then I started selling it at LeakyCon and then other shows. And it, I mean, it was it was really great because I, I got to meet everybody. It was like um, my primary source of income stemmed from Harry Potter. And then I started like regarding customers as my friends because I knew that we absolutely had something in common. Like you like Harry Potter, I like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Now we can be friends. Yeah. Uh, and even though I, I no longer have show pony I still have all of my friends that's like the best thing out of all of it I mean that's how I met you guys so that's changed my life we met like well didn't really meet but like sort of met like early on because I did like a yoga Instagram challenge and then um you were like one of the vendors or something that was back I forget Jill's name I, I I know it's Jill something but I don't remember her Instagram handle but she was looking for people to donate prizes yeah she was nice yeah she was nice and I'm trying to think if I can remember I'm trying to think if I can remember your submissions for that yoga challenge because it was like there were different poses and one would have to like include a broom one day and one had to like I don't know there were all these like different Harry Potter themes to it and I remember at one point my tagged photos were just full of people like (laughs) these photoshops of them doing yoga poses where they're doing like hand stands on brooms and like people doing yoga poses on the toilet because of you know like the ministry of magic and whatever so I was like man like what what's happening what is this (laughs) I knew that the yoga online like Instagram community was so big but yeah it is I learned something from that that's hilarious (laughs) that was like one of my favorite online Instagram communities because they're so fun yeah the the yoga the nerds and yoga nerds um, yeah exactly that's really funny there's like a place for everyone on the internet honestly i know as long as you find think of it it's there Mm -hmm. savannah what about you so i'm savannah i'm our gryffindor in our little group here my uh, getting into Harry Potter is similar to yours, actually, Michael. I remember that my mom got the first book at Costco, which already put me at like a, you got that book at Costco. I don't think that I need to read that. And I was in elementary <laughs> school. And so I had started it, stopped it, started it, stopped it. I was like, mm, I don't know if this is for me. And then similar, when I got to Hagrid and the magic actually started, I was like, oh, this is killer. Like, yes. So then every time the book came out, I would stay up and we would go to the book launches. I remember when um, one of the later books came out and I was in high school. I had driven to a, gro- a 24-hour grocery store, which was down the street from this bookstore that had everybody in costume out overflowing into the street, everyone waiting. And at midnight, I went to this grocery store, got the book, and then went back home and was halfway done with it before anyone even got theirs from the bookstore because it was so swamped. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
And so I just remember it always being a constant, but similar to you, Haley, how, you know, I didn't really talk about it because it was so nerdy and, you know, people didn't quite understand it. So I had started working at this embroidery shop um, with my mom and I was like, you know, there's not any merch that I like that's Harry Potter because there's a lot of stuff that'll say muggle on it. And that's just not really my vibe. So I started (laughs) making like Harry Potter inspired again, Shelby loose, loose here, inspired merch. I started inspired read unlicensed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Read illegal. So we started making my own merch because it's what I wanted to wear. And so then in what year was it, Shelby? 2014? Yeah. Yeah, 2014, I was was pretty heavy in that. And I met Shelby on Instagram because she also was selling handmade jewelry and all that stuff. So we started sending each other like things, read buying each other's friendship. And so we started talking online and then she had invited me to vend at LeakyCon with her in 2015. And so as a normal, you know, millennial, I just said, yeah, sure. That sounds great. I've never met you before in my life. That's, let's spend a week in a hotel room and vend together. That happened. And then I had invited you up to, Con- Shelby lives in Maryland and I live in Connecticut. So I invited Shelby up to spend a weekend because as the time progressed, we were like, you know what, maybe we should hang out with each other to see if this will work. Yeah, she came up, we had a very wild weekend, and then we vended at Leaky, and that was my first LeakyCon. Shelby had been doing LeakyCon for quite some time, and it was really interesting to me, which now it's kind of surreal because now that I'm more active in the Harry Potter community online, for her, it was an entirely different experience. She knew everybody that was there in one way or another because the community spreads far and wide. For me, it was just a lot of people that liked Harry Potter in one place, which was really surreal and really cool, but we're all going to LeakyCon in this fall, and for me, I... I kind of feel how Shelby felt in 2015, where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a hundred people that I've never actually met, but we're friends online and we all get to kind of converge in Boston. So that's really interesting and cool to kind of be able to look back and see how far I've come from that and how it changed my life. I wouldn't be here with you guys. The Bursons came up and again, we had, I had never met them in real life. Shelby had seen them from afar at convention. Oh my God, stop. (laughs) And so we had invited them to come up to go to Ilvermorny because that's our school. So we all graduated. That we all graduated from. Yeah, we're alumni. Alumni over here. And so, yeah, you guys came up here and like that, how would that have even happened? You guys live in North Carolina. Shelby lives in Maryland. I live in Connecticut. It's just so wild for this to have all spread from a kid with a lightning bolt scar. Right. Magic. Magic. As I say, this is the real magic. Do we want to talk a little bit about kind of what our goals are for this? People kind of know what they're going to eventually get here, not us just rambling about ourselves. So I guess our purpose in starting this podcast in the first place is we talk to each other all the time about different Harry Potter topics. Like we have a group chat going and we're, we see a movie or we reread the book and it's like, what what's up with this? What's this thing? Uh, how do you think this works? What are the rules and the laws and the rules of magic that, that govern this thing? And so we just started coming up with a list of things that we talk about and questions that we have. And that became a Google Doc. And then <laughs> we started saying maybe we should like record some of this stuff and put it down so that maybe engage with other people and other people can have conversations and and that's that was one of my favorite parts of the Harry Potter club that we ran in undergrad was we had weekly meetings which looking back as a as a grown person now I can't believe that we held weekly meetings that seems like so much work to do on top of school but um we had weekly meetings and we had a discussion every week where we would talk about different stuff and now that Pottermore has come out and like in the mo- the Fantastic Beast movies some of those questions have been answered we talked about mm-hmm. like the mechanics 
mechanics behind magical portraits and how those work and how, how do they have the memories of their subjects. And so J.K. Rowling's come out on Pottermore and kind of talked about how that works. So it's like, oh, well, that's answered. Now we know how that works. But there's so much other stuff that, that we still talk about that we, we still want to know, like to, that's grown into this list of topics that we're going to hopefully cover over on this podcast. I don't know if this is like specific to Harry Potter fans or if there's a lot of different fandoms where because I mean I feel like some fandoms like Star Wars there's George Lucas said yes to all the Star Wars canon so like <laughs> I feel like I feel like opposite of Star Wars to Harry Potter it's Harry Potter's canon is so tight yeah it's so safely guarded yes yeah yeah it's so tight that you can use evidence from other things to like figure out how this thing could work so I feel like that's one thing that is special to the Harry Potter series at least the books I mean I know there's other things like the play and then now the movies that might misconstrue some of the previous facts from the book canon but in general I feel like the book canon is very tight and you can pretty much argue something and if something doesn't make sense like there's only like been a handful of times I feel like where J.K. Rowling's just flat out like just forgot something I mean now people are making the argument that she is just coming up with stuff all over the place granted some of the things you can be like well I guess you can argue for that if she she said that she thought about that 10 years ago for example Obscurus Books was the was the publisher for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them when she released that series in what like 2001 I think yep. it was like it was like right after just pulling out these <laughs> these dates on my right after um, Goblet of Fire she had put Obscurus Books as the publisher and then little did we know that was Obscurus was the biggest plot point in the Fantastic Beast movie so you know I mean maybe she is coming up with it but maybe she really was thinking about it 10 years ago her list and plans she has a backstory for every single one of her characters I think and I feel like she is hiding some stuff just we all we all went to the uh, History of Magic exhibit when it was in New York City and we got to see some of her sketches from early on and some some writings that she had done and it was really interesting because some of the stuff she did pull from something that she wrote in 1990 you know so it's it is it's interesting to see what comes back around what she changes what we think she just pulled out of her ass and now is using you know (laughs) right (laughs) when Haley and Michael had come up here and me and Shelby were here we spent a lot of time in the car and on a train And so when we were kind of throwing back ideas and we had just seen Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So we were all just, we had been spewing theories for months and months and months via text message. And now we were all together. And then we had a few butterbeers and then we're all together just like yelling and drunk and talking about everything. (laughs) And that's kind of how all this at Bird, we had theories on other things. And I have never found, I haven't found a podcast yet. There's a lot of Harry Potter podcasts that are great. There's tons of them. I'm sure that everyone loves their own set of them. I haven't found anything that talks about canon specifically. And as much as I love a good theory on Fantastic Beasts and where Newt's Commander is going to end up, that's great. But I really just want to know more about the local Quidditch teams. Like, is there a rec league? I need to know if there's a rec league. (laughs) (laughs) You know, these are the things that really keep me up at night. (laughs) Not necessarily what's going to happen to our boy Grindy, because it's fine. I'm going to end up finding that out. I need to know more about these random things. Same. Same. Yeah, I feel that. And it's like, we know what's going to happen to Newt. We know what's going to happen to Flamel and Grindelwald and everybody. We know what happens to Dumbledore. And I understand that these new films are just sort of explaining the how and the why instead of everything else. Like you said, I I also would like to know the more, I don't even want to call it mundane things because there's nothing mundane about it. It's it's still magical. Like I feel like obscure is a better word. Yeah, I want to know who thought enchanted food was a good idea. Like, you know what people would love? Chocolate frogs that appear alive as you bite them. (laughs) 
Exactly. It's very odd. I don't know. Like, can can any of you honestly say that if you were presented with a chocolate frog for the first time, that you'd be able to just take a bite out of that? That thing looks alive. No way. Something I've always wondered, which has kind of been confirmed in our society, is why would anyone ever eat Birdie Bot's ever flavored beans? That is like, sounds like torture to me, and I would never do it. But those bean boozles, (laughs) it's all over YouTube. Oh my gosh, I like when I have like a Harry Potter program at work for the like children, I'll like do like a bean boozled or like a birdie bot station, but bring out bean boozled and like you spin like a little spinning wheel and you like have to pick that color and the kids absolutely love it. And I'm like, oh, gross. Like back in the day when I heard about birdie bots, I was like, I would never try to to eat a bean and it might be earwax. That's disgusting, but that's real life. People do that. I was going to say, we, we need like a psychologist or a psychiatrist to come on here and just explain to us why they like, do it. Why people love that. Why do humans love to suffer? And then there's just a picture of Bean Boozled. <laughs> and I do, I do have a theory on this actually. So it's just kind of explaining wizarding behavior because in, in their, like in our world, we avoid danger. Because danger can have permanent repercussions on us. If we break our arm, your arm's going to be broken. And you have to spend months and months healing and it might never be the same again. But in the wizarding world, you can solve so many of your problems instantly with magic. And so I think that's why, like, when you look in or when you read the chapters about um, honeydukes and everything, there's cockroach clusters and pepper imps and things. that They all sound disgusting. There's always, like, a tinge of danger to everything. And I think that's because, like... In the wizarding world, so much of the fear can be taken out because there aren't going to be permanent repercussions to the things that happen to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you get all the bones removed from your arm. It's fine. There's Skelligro. It'll be back in like 12 hours. So I think that's why there's so much risk. And so like gobstones, it's like it's it squirts stuff into your eye and howlers can burst into flames. But you can just fix it all with magic. So it's fine. So I think it's kind of like adding that extra level of excitement where for us, just like trying a nasty bean and be like, oh, it's so gross. But for them, it's like, oh, well, if it, we can fix it, it's fine. No worries. I've never thought of it like that. And that makes so much sense, Michael. That kind of explains the quad pot theory, because I don't understand why you would want to play a game where the ball explodes. That's <laughs> terrifying. I understand that. Even, even as a non-magical being, I understand that. There's <laughs> definitely an attraction. No, watching Yes Shelby playing? No, no. playing. I totally would. <laughs> so even if the ball does blow up in your face, uh, you can just drink a potion or cast a spell and it'll and you'll be fine so you don't have to worry about it so that and like bludgers right. oh my gosh bludgers are so terrible. that game is terrible they'll crack bludgers the are a lot scarier than an exploding quad pot ball I just no no way I know they're coming That's like blunt force trauma they could kill you but it's fine because it's magic and you can, yeah. get, you can get healed right away oh. but you do need a letter to go to Hogsmeade <laughs> yeah you can pl- you can join a team where the ball can come and hit you in the face and give you a concussion but you need a letter to go to the little village I will never get over that. <laughs> I wonder, could a bludger actually kill you? Like, if yes. it hits you? Yeah, right? Of course. Absolutely. And Ooh. dragons. like And, dra- <laughs> and dragons. And dragons. That just brought up something when we were talking about the Treasure Tournament, too, because Harry obviously was freaking out that, like, everyone was going to die because he took that mermaid song really seriously in the second task. But then Ron was like, you duh. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 
die. Like, because Ron was raised wizard, so Harry still had that, like, muggle upbringing coming. To, oh, my God, I'm taking this for real, when Ron would never even assume that would be real. That's so interesting, Haley. You're 100% right. Oh, my goodness. As usual. <laughs> as, you, as usual, our Hufflepuff is always right. Just showing up. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I never thought of it that way. Michael, did you write a report on this? No, I have not written a report. I don't think that comes up often at my work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who's talking about for work? <laughs> I do work at a community college, but I don't have to write a lot of papers anymore, thank goodness. But that would be like an interesting essay or something to type up. I and, like, say, Michael, you strike me as the kind of person who writes this kind of stuff for funsies. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does, correct. It definitely did read, because yeah. we were just in that paper writing space. But now, because it's not really required, it doesn't come up a lot. Michael, when he was in college, threw together some Harry Potter paper conferences. Oh, yeah, we had two conferences uh, with Potter Watch. We had two academic-style conferences where people came and shared like kind of literary analysis from the Harry Potter perspective, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. And our, oh, gosh, is that where you guys met that YouTuber? That Shelby watches? Oh, yes. yeah. Um, Susan um, Chappelle. Oh, my God. <laughs> she came to one of our conferences. Um, John Granger came to one of our conferences. And then one of our papers a- we wrote was published in Harry Potter for Nerds, Volume 2, by Travis Crimsey and Catherine McDaniel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, we wrote it on, like, the Harry Potter fandom and, like, where it is at that, where it was at that point, which I think it was, like, 2011. It's so interesting to go back and read that paper because yeah. I don't, I think Wizarding World had just opened. Right. I think Cursed Child was like maybe a dream somewhere. Yeah. It was, it's very interesting to go back because it was kind of a time capsule at that point in, in fandom because the movies mm-hmm. had finished, the books had finished, and our essay was kind of like why the Harry Potter fandom isn't going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were right. You predicted the future. Potter apocalypse. And uh, and then um, we yeah. wrote about our club, and then we wrote about like here's ideas for like Harry Potter events. So we still do those to this day with our <laughs> Michael Marauders group, our Harry Potter Lights chapter. So yeah, that's amazing. Do you guys think that the park opening is really kind of what set off Harry Potter as something that's so, so huge in pop culture now? I mean, it was always huge in pop culture, but I think that the park opening kind of launched it in a whole other direction. I so agree. I think it was tough. Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, for some people it was Tumblr, but... No, you're probably right. It's probably the park. Well, they realized it was such a cash cow. I mean, it's always been a cash cow. There's there's things that say like the the Harry Potter park saved Universal because they were they were struggling so much to compete with Disney. And then once they added Harry Potter, it's like, oh hell yeah, I'll pay fifty dollars for a wand. Like here's my money. Exactly, (laughs) take all my money. I'm ready. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and uh, rumor mill says that Disney was offered it first, and they wouldn't make the train the way that J.K. wanted it. And so Universal is like, lady, we'll make any kind of train you want. Thank you so much for joining us on our first episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hold My Butterbeer Pod and join us on Facebook at Hold My Butterbeer.